Hi, Miss Bell. Hey, how's your morning going? Good. Just woke is up. It bright and first... early. It is. Uh, it is. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> it's bright early. and early. Literally, it is very bright outside, and it is early. I went for a run, which was nice, and wow. was going to shower before our call, but that didn't quite line up perfectly in terms of timing. So I was going to oh. do that too. Uh, wow, you yeah, just woke too up. Tired. <laughs> too tired. <laughs> that was me last it's not time. Right here. It's like it's like the most delicate small little raindrops, but it's rainy. Okay. That sounds like the East um, Coast. Yep. It's Colorado sun with blue sky. Mm. I got a new pair of sunglasses, which I'm very excited about. Oh cool. It's weird. So the front of them are blue. Like they reflect blue. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they'd be like, they'd be very blue when I put them on, but they weren't. They were the opposite. They were like reddish Red? and yellow. Ooh, fine. And it makes the sky not look as good, but it makes everything else look better. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it kind of right. takes the blue light out of all the like normal things, like the sidewalks, which are a little red, look a lot redder, the buildings as well. Um, like, I'm not, it's like all the colors just pop a little bit more. I think without... I think there's too much blue light coming off of them, and this kind of like takes it away. Um, That's so cool. Kind of cool. And then I got another pair that are. Yeah, go ahead. I lost and broke my sunglasses in the same day. They broke, and then I lost them. So I get unlimited. Like I get, it, there's a warranty on them. So if I lose or break them, they'll replace them. I just have to pay really? for shipping. Yeah. I I would be doing that every week though. Yeah. So that was my big like <laughs> conundrum because I always buy cheap pairs because that's my that's how I deal with losing and breaking them. I just like yeah. replace them with a cheap pair. But I have been yelled at for UV protection, so I need so I got a UV protected one, and then also I you have a warranty. Yeah, Smart. exactly. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. And then I got I got two pairs because you can't get one pair online, right? You should get two. And that way, if one does break, I can have the other one to wear until the other one comes back. Fair, fair. And I and then I ended up getting a BOGO, a 50% off uh, deal. And uh, because of that, I was able to buy two for kind of like the price of one. So Nice. And then I, I love the internet because you, whenever you buy something, you can just Google name of website uh, deals or coupons or uh, offer codes and then Google will be like Google will be like here's a few and then you try them <laughs> and some and I literally like went to the biggest the biggest deal the 50% off use the code and it worked first time I was like yes that is amazing and I it wasn't even a service I paid for it was just it was just a service on there was the first link on Google mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta love it um so I what was I gonna say yeah so got two pairs they're warranty one's red one's blue so I can like match them with clothing if I want to life's good nice see I'm thinking of getting rid of my Amazon Prime to do, do you... less shopping online that's a good idea to if do you just don't... less shopping if you if you feel like most of the stuff you buy on Amazon is crap or it's like so, you like, don't I use buy... it enough so like I buy school supplies, but I just did. So if I cancel it now, like I won't really need that until. Although it, this will be the cheapest point in your life that Prime is, because Prime is half price at this point in your life. But it's still like half sixty price, bucks. I hope a- I hope after I'm a student, my income will more than double from the yeah. eight hours a week I'm working now. 
So is it really the cheapest? I don't know. I feel like I get a lot out of my Prime. Maybe not. I think I spend a lot on Prime, but I don't know that. Well, what do you do? You spend it on crap, or is it like real stuff that's useful? Sunglasses. Um, I don't know. I should just go through my order history and see how much of it is actually like school supplies and how much of it is like. Do you get Amazon gift cards? I don't know. I do sometimes, but wouldn't that still work even if you don't have Prime? Yeah, but you you won't get the two day shipping. But yeah, it'll still work. Yeah. That seems fine. The way I look at on normally, a, I don't need something in two days. I try to like not spend too much on Amazon. Whenever I get a card, it's not like, oh, I have three hundred dollars cash to spend on Amazon. I think about it as I have added three hundred to my Amazon account. I'm going to slowly, like, whenever I need something off Amazon, instead of using my credit oh, yeah. card, I'm going to use the gift cards I've exactly. been getting. Exactly. I don't go looking and, for and it's things. Been, be exactly. Dangerous. And it slowly dwindles down. And it's great because, like, when I get to near zero, I ended up getting another Amazon gift card. Do you, know, do you ever fill up your Amazon like wish list? Uh, sometimes I did that before. I usually do it before Christmas so that people can have an idea. But recently, it's what I've wanted hasn't really been on Amazon as much. So, yeah, it's funny. I compared my wish list on Amazon with my boyfriend, and it was just like kind of a funny thing. It was like it just said a lot. I don't know. About it was you. entertaining. It was entertaining. <laughs> It was really funny. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know that Amazon was one of our topics today. I'm sorry if I'm the one to derail that. It's okay. If their topics are not are meant to be broken. Wow, that, that that's true. Work, yeah, our topics you know are just I mean. in case we really have nothing to talk about. But we were talking about we're catching up from the week. You bought sunglasses. Yeah. I've given up on sunglasses. You okay. should not give up. Well, I guess. It, I mean, it's, not, it's pretty cloudy it's right now. It's not the worst place I'm to fine. give up, but you should still. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll. You know what I mean. I don't have a need. L- for let me it. finish off this Amazon little quick thing. The mm-hmm. one thing I've been doing is every time I buy something off Amazon, I'll add a book to my order, and that way, like, mm. it, it kind of like it reinforces reading and like kind of because I, there are so many books I want to read. Like, and by so many, I mean I probably have a hundred on my want to read list. Um, it's just like it's just like yeah. it just adds it to the pile, so it's more likely. How many it. behind are you with books you've purchased but haven't read? Oh, <laughs> um, so when I say like 100, you also get books as gifts. When I so when like... I say a hundred, I mean my Goodreads. I have put a hundred books that people have recommended me or more on my want to read list, and those are on my want to read. In terms no. of physical no. copies that I have, um, yeah too many to... like i feel like a good strategy would be when you finish a book then you buy a new book yeah but i've so i have such a backlog of books that i have that I've i know read. um <laughs> i know that's what i'm making money okay for. i have 91 on goodreads that i want to read and i probably have i don't know how many i have it's that many but if i had to guess i would guess like 20 and 20 mean yeah but they're like, like a lot like compared boys. to 90 but think about 20 like right like books full like books. like full books that are stacked that i haven't read yet that i want to read <laughs> like that's nice ridiculous i start yeah so i'm trying to read the way i do it is i try to read like i think i want i read multiple books at a time but i want to get to a place where i'm reading one nonfiction and one fiction book at a time period and now i just focus that's on getting smart. through those yeah maybe i should do that because i'm always reading me think i think every class i'm in this semester has 
fiction has nonfiction. Sometimes, like last year, I took a history class that had a lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. But I think right now, everything I'm going to be reading is nonfiction. So maybe I should add a fiction book. I've in. heard that like fiction's better to read before you go to bed because if you read nonfiction, you're kind of thinking about it, right? And it's more. Although with history, I think nonfiction's probably okay because it's more like a story. Um, but I was gonna say it's kind of. <laughs> but like what yeah. I've been doing is like sometimes I, I so, like nonfiction requires my brain to be pretty on at least the kind of nonfiction mm-hmm. I read um, and like whereas fiction it's like you're kind of lulled into it it's an easier read in most cases um, if that makes yeah. sense there's less critical yeah thinking. I try to read philosophy at night it's a hard, it's a hard yeah time. I bet yeah that's a good I, I started reading that's a, never the best yeah 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 cool so do you want to uh let's talk about let's go from what our last topic was yesterday last time we mentioned you mentioned we hey we're talking about what uh our generation doesn't care about what does it care about and i was like oh that's an interesting question and so we should talk about we can talk about that now have you been thinking about that since we talked a little bit not like in depth have you okay no. Oh, okay. Not at all. So I'm just admitting that now. I'll think like I'm thinking about it now. It's I think it's really interesting, <laughs> but I'm just letting you know I don't have prepared well, th- comments. Um, I, this is a conversation, th- not a prepared. What, okay, so you've been thinking about it longer. What do you think our generation cares about? Oh, uh, it's hard to say because I'm wrapped up in it, and so I want to say what I care about, yeah. and therefore extension what everybody cares about. Or what they should care about, but that's have not you heard? True. Here's another question: Have you heard remarks from other people? I was going to say from other generations, other people in other generations about what they remark our generation cares about. Probably, I know that's that you not can think of. Answer. Like I, I literally had a TA. Um, I think he's a PhD student. Say I don't know two days ago that. We were talking about, like, the historical time, like, of the First World War, and he said, you know, there were, like, huge class divides and, like, class struggle Mm -hmm. and, like, labor struggle. And he, but he also prefaced it by saying, like, your generation's probably, like, one of the most aware of class and, like, inequality. And he said, like, it's not as bad now as, like, that time. It was, like, insane during that Mm -hmm. time, like everything unions wanted were just like things that we now think are just like basic and like obvious but he also was like it is true that like your generation more than like your parents or your grandparents would are probably more aware of like what i mean by like class inequality right do you think that's true oh i totally think it's true i think like you Mm -hmm. you read the old english books right and it's like Mm -hmm. there was a clear class like there was the elite and there was everybody else right um and i think some Americans probably think that way nowadays, but elite is more like rich, right? It's not, um, although that was true well, in that's England too. What classes? It's socioeconomic. Yeah, class. but it's not like we have the difference is like in America, like you could be born to rich parents and like basically like be in a be in jail, right? Or like be in a uh, drug like ring, right? Or, um, but you could also, like, be born to someone who's, like, not very rich and then, like, easily climb. Not easily, but, like, you can, like, climb the ladder, right? And get up to the top court. So the term for that is social mobility. Yeah. 
Um, and um, I feel like social mobility, if you gave it a scale from zero to 10 in classist England and in classist societies, it was pretty near zero, right? If you were born into nobility or, or yeah, a high class, you, you stayed there, right? There were lots of barriers where it was really hard to go from you one can... to the other. Yeah, I can hear you. There are lots of barriers that keep you from, like, that cut you from going across, bar- across different um, backgrounds. Yeah. Or different uh, classes. And why do you think, so I don't think American society has, like, fundamentally changed since our parents' generation, like, like, or American, like, does that make sense? Like, I don't think anything's, I think the thing that's really changed to, like, make us more aware of it is, like, um, growing connectedness and, like, the internet and, like, you, like, if you live in a suburb where you, everyone there is your class, like, you're probably going to travel and, like, transportate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're pro- you probably aren't only going to see that. Does that make sense? Right. Like, I think that yeah, might be one of the reasons why. And I think we also just, like... Why what? Why our generation is, like, more aware of class inequalities, more concerned with them. Yeah, I also think it's, like, it's the whole pendulum, which is, like, society goes really far one way, and it's like, oh, we hate this, this is too much, and then they go the other way, right? Um, so a good example of that is, uh, okay, this isn't a good example, but like the whole, like the whole reason of uh, the large reason America was created is to get away from the religious barriers, but also the classist barriers. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying, it, uh, you early colonial, uh, us wasn't classist. It was just, it wasn't as classist as, um, it's as actually England. really, it's actually really interesting. There were a lot of theorists who said that, um, the elements of aristocracy from Britain that weren't here because of like how capitalist and also just because of like private property. Like that was a lot of the issue in aristocracy is like, if you don't have any property, like you're never going to really get any like, and there were laws about like families passing down land and like, you ba- you literally had to marry so like there was no way um, yeah and even whereas that was in america hard. like no we all came here like everyone came here and like no one really had anything so like you had to open your business start your business that's your private property but then you can sell it you don't just have to like give it to your son because it's yeah. been in your family so like there was that I, but I, people said that the south was more aristoc- aristocratic yeah which i think is kind of interesting because i like well, like the pre-Civil War South. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I can see um, that because anyway. they looked, I, the slaves was kind of like a common folk or so actually like it was much worse, of, but yeah. A lot of like, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, no, what I, was I, gonna say? I, don't know. I, I think it's more that the pendulum swimming the other way and people it's becoming uh, harder to move across social and, and and this is what you hear right i'm not sure i don't i i wish i knew the data on this but yeah a lot of people think it's harder to what was the word you use social mobility they think it's less socially mobile than uh pre decades than previous decades and they think uh in large part the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and um as a result, they're like, that's, that's unequal. That's not fair. Um, and so because it's swinging really, because they see it swinging that way, they want to swing it back the other way where everything's a lot more um, level is probably a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. 
and obviously it like it shouldn't be completely level because then nobody's going to work hard right communism is what the example of perfectly level is right uh socialism is like a slight slant and then like if you get into a very fascist or a, a very um kind of like more more the society we have today it's a lot steeper slant um if that makes sense or at a least that's the way i what? picture so like i'm saying yeah so slant as in like how the income and income across like across different uh yeah so like a, a it's flat a would be everybody index. has the same income right whereas like a slope a really steep slope would have a lot of few people getting a lot huge income and, a, and some people getting like very yeah, little no, income. It's the, that's what I mean by slant. It's the and obviously it's not if you linear. want to look up the data yeah. and that and, and I know it's exponential, it's not linear. Yeah. I'm just using the slant as a uh, metaphor. Anyway. Or whatever the right term for think? that is. Um I think our generation cares about global warming a lot more than previous ones. Um you see that in the data, yeah. like it's clear, right? Like But I also we think... think it's not just um I don't know, I feel like there's sort of this distinction I seeing between like climate change global warming and like sustainability yeah and i also think we're starting to like be more clearly just- they're linked but do you see like i feel like i don't know there are a lot of i think there are some people or like some movements that are really pushing for sustainability for sustainability's sake yeah not for climate change's sake yeah and i think that like maybe part of that is like you're probably not going to convince someone, like, if someone isn't really concerned about climate change, you're probably not going to convince them to be sustainable unless you convince them that, like, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be sustainable? Like, does it, like, for its own sake? Yeah, I kind of see sustainability, like, not just our generation, but all over, right? Like, there are vegans who are, like, twice our age, right? I So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how, what that distribution is. I wouldn't be surprised if our generation is more like is thinking more about sustainability than previous ones. I would not be surprised at all, especially considering the vehicle for a lot of those conversations is on what we are looking at on Instagram and other uh, younger platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think, I don't know. So here's my big thing from what I've heard and what I've been scouring, which is like our generation super well connected, right? We're like on all this stuff, like, And it's really good in some ways Mm -hmm. because, like, the word can get out to everyone, like, immediately about something, right? Um, And everybody can have a shared connection to a meme, uh, an idea, Mm -hmm. an argument, uh, whatever ends up, like, being shared, right? Because the moment you share something with two people, like, that's exponential, right? Like, because if everybody does that, all of a sudden you have, like, everyone's seen it within a day. or And by everyone, I mean, like, 80%, 90%. Right. Um, yeah. And, and you saw that through high school, right? Like songs would do that. Uh, games would do that. Um, like there, there's lots of examples. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the other hand of that is there's a real difference between talking to someone over text and talking to someone in person or on the phone. Um I think I've talked about this with you, but the way I look at it is like face to face is the best, right? FaceTime's like next mm-hmm. with a, I, I'd argue there's a pretty big gap between face to face and like FaceTime. Yeah. Um, and then calling um, is pretty close to FaceTime. You think it'd be a little farther, but it's pretty close. Right. Um, and then there's another huge gap before like texting 
and um, probably like Snapchat and a few and stories are kind of in the middle of that somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And and then like even lower than texting is email. Um, and you're like, but email's more words than <laughs> texting. But like, let's be real, email no. Yeah, um, you don't respond to email. It's not fast like enough. Um, it's better to have a quick. And you see this with Slack. Slack's proven this, right? It's better to have a bunch of quick like uh, text or instant messages to get uh, ideas between two people than it is to have three long emails back and forth, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because the back and forth matters more than the amount of content, right? Um, Because you can really quickly get to the crook of the, um, what was needed or the argument or the, or the, um, or the idea. Um, Yeah. And it's still not as good as like in person, right? Because you can't see all the facial expressions and all the other stuff. But my point is, I, I believe that a lot of reasons that people are less happy than they used to be, and there's a lot of... Um, mental illness? Yeah, mental illness. So, so I'm kind of caught on two regards here, and I wish like I had the data. I wish of... I had the data to say this, but I think there are three main reasons that, and I don't know how, what to degree they each are. That's what I mean by data. So mm-hmm. I think the first reason, which is what I was talking about, is people are communicating online instead of face-to-face. And in order to build real strong connections, in order to, I think, feel happy, you gotta have like friends that are real, that you actually are talking to. Um, and like phone is way better, right? But like basically talking to face-to-face and like interacting with. I think yeah. if you had two people you were interacting face-to-face with, and a hundred people you were close to over text, the person who's interacting with two people face to face would be happier. Like on average, I really okay. strongly believe that. Um, yeah. the, the second one is I think because of social media, it's so much easier to see the amount of uh, depression and the amount of mental illness in society today. Right. Um, I think like maybe it was there 50 years ago. Right. It's just, it wasn't as well. It wasn't as shared as well. Right. Because like I said, the communication, mm-hmm. we're more tied together. That doesn't mean that we're tied together well, right? Like a face-to-face conversation is, but we're more connected, right? In terms of like, they're looser connections, right? With text, but they're still connections, right? And there's no argument that we're not more connected. Um, and then the third thing is, I think society, and this could be totally off, but I really believe that society now is way more okay with talking about their feelings and with talking about their um their mental illness than they were 50 years ago. Is that good or bad? I have no idea. <laughs> um, but because <laughs> people are more okay with it, you see it more. And because you see it more, you think, oh my gosh, like every there's more mental illness today than there was 50 years ago. I don't ago. know. Does I don't that think make people sense? are that okay with talking about it. You, you don't think so? I, I think, think, I wait, think okay, here's my theory. Everybody has a huge I megaphone. Think, I think people talk about this all the time yeah, on social media think, and other things. Okay, social media is so? not talking, is what I'm saying. I feel like okay, the in-person conversations I have about mental illness are people saying that they used to have one. I think You don't have any conversations after... with people that that are currently going through that? I, I feel like the majority, and maybe that's just my age, like, is like people who used to struggle with that talking about it but who wouldn't have talked about it then does that make sense yeah it does make sense and like like, i could be wrong but like and i don't again i think there's like a healthy aspect to talking about it and that it is healthy that a lot of these people now are like 
talking about their experience and like what they did and how they felt and how they feel now. But I think, yeah, I, I don't know how that would, how that was at the time. It was really intense for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I've definitely had conversations like face to face that are like dealing like people who are dealing with it now, right? Like, yeah. Um, and and like some people, you're right. It has been the past. For my sake, my story, it was totally in the past, right? I felt like I was able to get over that hurdle. Um, it, that mm-hmm. sorry, that makes it sound terrible. It's not a hurdle. It is much bigger than a hurdle. Um, but I, the, I don't know. I just like. I, I look at previous society and I get the sense that it was like kind of a taboo topic unless you were like, unless, yeah. unless maybe it was face to face and then it like was okay. Right. But like no way you would put like, you would like, and even if they had something back then that could do this, like no way you would like post it on your story so that every single one of your friends or people who follow you could see it. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas now I think that's, that's, that's not socially unacceptable. It might be a little embarrassing to yourself, but it's like I think it totally is socially acceptable, and a lot of people do that. Um, no, you make you make good points. You make good points. Um, so, but the question is, like, I don't know how much of it is like, oh, we think, uh, like, and and I think like the other standard of previous generations, and this is like kind of a very Republican ideal or a very um conservative ideal, is you just like tough through it, right? Like punch through it, like uh, uh just tough it out, right? Um. Mm-hmm. um what's the the saying what's the saying that people say that's like terrible but uh like just calm down right like calm down and just like tough through it right i feel like a lot of people, a lot of people have that a lot of older people who went through these problems too i think they went through the pro- same problems we are now right um i think everybody has problems um and that are and especially like emotionally because we're a very emotional species um I think <laughs> I think the way they got through it is they just waded through it and to them they like toughed it out and so that's what they're telling us but like it's it's hard to tell somebody that when they're going through it does that make sense um, Yeah and maybe t- I don't know if toughing it out is the right answer right maybe it's better to accept it and to like sk- steer into it instead of away from it um like it's like it, I don't know it's it's really it's it's hard and because everyone's so well connected and it's hard to build a good connection over the wires like maybe that's why people are going deeper over the wires because they want to make a stronger connection and so they have to mm, talk about things that are even deeper uh that's just a like a hypothesis i have no idea um i'm spitballing yeah. at this point but anyway like, like those three things right like the fact that um it's talked about more through on social media and it's okay to talk about. Um, it's more visible because social media is public. And um, I forget what the third one was. It was the first one I said before. Um, oh, that people are just more like connected, but in the ways that aren't as. Oh, and, and, and like face to face is like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think those, like, I don't know. Or, I don't know what percentage like or what how much each has to do with it or if they all have nothing to do with why we think mental health is like way more visible than it used to be or why society think is saying that. So um, Mm -hmm. but either way, it's visible. And and the other the thing that is real is people are unhappier or that people are less um, 
I, I guess unhappier is a good way to put it than they used to be, right? Like there's a severe crisis in that regard, right? People are more depressed now than they were a long time ago. And that could be because you're, it's more okay to say you're depressed now than it was back then, right? And so the data has shifted. But I think it's more to do with the fact that our connections are not face-to-face and our connections aren't as real as um, previous generations, right? Because back then you actually had to go out to see somebody to like talk So what advice would you give someone who's listening to this and thinking, well, like, duh, or I don't know, or like, yeah, and so what? Like, yeah, and like... Well, if they're, yeah, then, like... No, it totally makes sense. I don't know. my, My point is like, like make friends like don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone to like make new friends yeah it sucks at the beginning but like those face-to-face connections and actually hanging out with those people are way more valuable than like having a hundred friends online i think that's what my main point is right i think yeah that face-to-face matters a lot um and i, I agree. It, it, it's yeah and it doesn't have to be like like a lot of people are like, oh, I need to find the perfect friend. There is no perfect friend. There is no perfect anything, right? There's there's good enough, and good enough is way more than good enough. If that makes sense. Um, in other words, you're not going to like everything about your friends, right? They're not going to be perfect, but that doesn't mean that you can't make friends with the people and you get over their setbacks, right? So this is true with like partners too. You get over their setbacks and you really like lean into what they're they're great out or what they're uh mm-hmm. um, or how and and even like a person with a bunch of uh qualities that you do not like or that do not match yourself those people can still be really good friends right um and i also think like the connection less than the like the quality if that makes sense and i also think like i know you and i think a lot about like personal growth and are at the time in our life where like that's a big thing And I feel Mm -hmm. like if you take any movie, like, the movie's not that, like, me alone, going through life alone, I become a stronger, better person. Like, maybe sometimes, but I feel like a lot of times when you're interacting with people, you realize sort of what you're, I don't know what the word you were using are, but, like, where you can improve. Does that make sense? Like, a good friend might say, like, that thing you do is kind of hurtful or annoying and you might say I didn't mean to I didn't realize and then like you self-check like you're checking yourself no you're not even checking yourself someone else is checking and I I think that happens more do you think that happens more in real life than on like social media or on through other facets yeah because I think if someone who I like knew on social media and was talking to told me something like that I'd be like you don't really know me which I think is or even if they did, I, I don't know. Yeah, I do no, think that's that, a good that point. happens more in person. Or, like, I don't think I would feel comfortable enough over text to tell someone that. No, I, I versus... totally agree. I think a huge part of what your friend's role is is to tell you when you're being an idiot or to, like, make fun of you for doing something Which is hard, that, isn't, I feel like... that isn't good, right? And, like, my friends do yeah. it all the time. Did I always agree with them? No. Did I agree with them after them doing it ten times? A lot more likely. <laughs> but even, like... I feel like people can hurt you just as much over text, but, like, you might not be able to, like, say it. Or, like, people can... Yeah, it, it's hard to not call them hurt, out but, for like, their stress bullshit. stress you out or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that, that, that's an interesting yeah. point. And I think that's, like, really valuable in society, right? Um, mm-hmm. But 
a lot of people are like, oh, the connections I have online are so real. And I'm like, not saying they aren't real. I'm just saying they're not fulfilling to you personally. And that's, or as fulfilling. What if they are? I'm going to push back on that a little bit. What if they are? What percentage of like offline connection do you think someone needs to be fulfilled for with one, say like with one friendship or one relationship, like how much of it has to be? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's less of a percentage and more of like just a, you need a certain amount of time where you're not where you are there's a line. interacting face to face. Um, and I would say, like, there's a positive correlation between, like, more time no, my, and more, ha- but, like, my, my like more is, time offline. Like, maybe online you could have a really solid connection if you've spent time offline, like, a lot. So you know each other really well, right? Yeah, like, you and me. Like, I don't yeah. think it's going to ruin our friendship that we don't live in different, that we live in different places. Yeah, but and then again, we're phone. talking. You know what I mean? Like. We're talking over the phone and not texting, right? That's a lot stronger connection, in my opinion. Um, like, you get more of the okay, nuance because okay, you can fair. hear the tone. Yes. I can hear you pushing back against me, right? Um, but it would be even better if I could see your like, body language, right? And You, you call see me mine. out on text all the time. <laughs> yes, but I, then again, we have a really solid relationship, right? Um, yeah. And we have enough and that face to face that <laughs> I know what you're thinking when you write something. It's crazy. Like, even with, even with, like, my friends from school, like, if they text something, like, I could interpret it 50 different ways. But I know what they mean by that because I've spent so much time interacting with them in person. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. my point is, a lot of people are like, I have great relationships that I've only had online, right? And I think there's a limit. I think there's a, you can only get so far and I don't think you can be 100% fulfilled and 100% happy with a relationship if it's only online. I think there's a lot more inputs that are like subconscious and that are like primal monkey brain needs that are more physical yeah. and that are more in person and that are more face-to-face in order to get the most out of that relationship. And if you're on your computer all day and you have like, let's say, I'll, I'll make the number small, but like seven great friends that you talk to every day that like, you know everything about them, you're super well connected. I, I think you'd be, I think you're, I'm not saying you're unhappy, but I'm saying I think you would be a lot more happy if those seven connections were face-to-face. That's yeah. my, that's my I- hypothesis. I just, I just wanted to push back a little bit because I think it's hard to, like, or it's not hard. Like, I would be a hypocrite if I said, like, absolutely only pursue relationships that you don't have to, like, text or talk over the phone. Like, which is why I'm, that's why I pushed back. Like, I'm in a long-distance relationship and I do see. Yeah, but like, you've the, spent the, enough the face-to-face face time that yeah. I feel like But it wasn't. Those... Yeah, I would never would have agreed to that. Yeah, and I'm sure <laughs> you talk like... a lot more than you text, right? So. And I think you can tell, like, with someone who knows you well, like, just the other day, I was on the phone with my boyfriend, and he, he was like, you seem upset, and, like, couldn't see me, could only hear me talking. Right. Like, he can tell over text when I, like, am a little upset. Right. And I think that that shows that, like, I, like I, that's hard to do, I think. You have to really yeah, know the Yeah, you person. have to really and know the person. I think the in-person cues that he's aware of, like, you can tell over text, but, Yeah. But let's say it takes him longer to tell over text than in person. He can be better, like, 
as a boyfriend by like if he was in person because he'd be able to tell more quickly. Yeah, probably. Um, I know that's kind of like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, yeah, what else just you... pushing back. Like, it's not absolutes, but also, like... Yeah, what else do you think that millennials care about or our generation cares about or young people care about? So this is weird because I heard someone call us, like, the digital generation. So, like, mm-hmm. I want to say we care about technology, but I also think that, like, we're so used to it. <laughs> that it's not... Like, I don't know that care about it is the right word. Does that make sense? You how to use it or... Yeah, no, I, I see what you're no, saying. Like, like, I think we, I would, like, okay, I think I can make a strong case that we care about, like, our technology, but I also think there's a strong case to be made that, like, we don't wake, like, we don't think of, we don't, like, choose, you, like, ugh, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, it's sort of just there. Like, of course you do. Right. Like, if I didn't have it, I, like, it would throw me off and it would be weird and I would care, but, like, whether or not I have technology, like, that's sort of... Yeah, I think technology is definitely affecting our generation more than we think. Um, but I do think we care about, like... We care about it. Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's I, my basic point. I, I think, think that's one thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's definitely a big thing. Here, here's something interesting. So, I'm reading this book, and this guy really believed that, like, after the 70s, America fell off a cliff. And the way he talks about this is through two metrics. So there's an optimistic society and a pessimistic society, right? And then there's a, uh, oh, what are the two words he used? I didn't, these wordings weren't as good. Um, But there's basically one society that um, thinks that they affect the future and one society that Mm. thinks others will affect the future, right? Or that the future happens to them, right? Yeah. Um, So someone who thinks the future happens to them but that's optimistic is basically like oh i'm just gonna like surf along life and it'll get better the waves will get better as i go right Mm -hmm. um where someone who's pessimistic are like oh the waves are gonna get much worse but i'm not gonna do anything about it right at least they get what they want um um so it looks at pre-70s u.s as an optimistic and also, like, go-getter society, right? Like, we're going to make the future better, right? We, we, have, we have control over our destiny. Does that yeah. make sense? Um, and they thought that was – the author argues that this is, like, what you want. This is the ideal combination. And the reason we were so successful pre-70s and, like, 50s, 60s, 70s, and the reason we, like, ballooned up and became, like, the, the grandest uh, country in the world and we built great things and, uh, like – like all, a lot of the uh, mm-hmm. largest uh, like uh, buildings and bridges and like monuments were built then um, along with uh, like the economy like took off more in that yeah. few decades than because before. Of that. Like everyone got education, the road system was built, like lots of things happened. Um, but the point is he's like post seventies, we kind of like went into a lull and we became, we were still an optimistic society, right? Cause like all this good had happened, but we didn't like we weren't go getters. We didn't we don't believe that like we are the ones who caused the future to be great, right? Um yeah. and he think he looks at a lot of the baby boomers and a lot of like the majority of the generations in that sphere of I uh, like they're they're just gonna let life happen to them, but they're still optimistic like that their future is gonna be better, right? Um and mm-hmm. a lot of 
and if you look at the baby boomers, like that, to, or and even the generation, especially the generation before that, I think it's the silent generation. Like that's totally true, right? Like all these people are like they're getting their retirement checks, right? Um, like the society got so good when they were here, like it, it just kept rising for them, and they didn't have to do much to be well off, right? Um, so my question is, do you think we're still in that point where our generation is, oh, optimistic about the future, but not, uh, but they're not as go-getters. They're not as like, we're going to create the future. They're more like the future will happen to us. Or do you think we have changed from our previous generations? If you take what the authors says as, as true, and we have changed from that optimistic not go get her to society to something else so that was a lot of context to establish that i would say that like specifically like the young young people is sort of i think there is over if you want to say like a return to that go-getter sort of attitude um because i think we realize that like we are thinking differently about like or even just like okay who's like uh, I, i don't know what the right way to explain it is like innovation like I think we see that like things have really changed like we see technology is just like it's make it's made so many things possible that like we didn't remember not being possible and so we have this like technology can do so much attitude mm-hmm. um so I think part of that is like well we think technology is just gonna like anyway but the other thing is just like with climate change I feel like we think we need to do things so like we're going to does that yeah. make sense I, like, I, I think there is this power, I, like... I hope we're in more of a, like, get, like, and make, I, make the future great for ourselves attitude. we are. But I think that, like, the most important thing, and the thing that kind of, like, drives me crazy about people sometimes is, like, when people complain and, like, wallow and then, like, don't do anything. Yeah. And I, so, and I also, the other thing that makes me really upset, actually, is a lot of times when people take for granted things that are really good and that like have really been worked hard for and that they have and that like there isn't a space to appreciate them there's only like spaces to complain does that make sense yeah no it totally makes sense and i see this in academia and it like kind of drives me crazy and i guess like they're always complaining and not doing anything about it like that they just don't acknowledge when something's good and done well What's an it's example? It's only, like, critical tearing apart. What's an example? Um, like, do you mean politics-wise, like, where, I like, one side tr- think... tries its best, yeah. but the other side is just like, oh, that's terrible because it's you? Yeah, I think politics-wise, like, you study, like, the failures in the, the political system, and you don't ever talk about, like, how good it is. Okay. Um, uh, that's a good example. Like, every class I'm in right now is talking about the failures of the court systems. Right. Um, and a lot of it is just, like, it's not that powerful. And I also think that's kind of a success in of itself, is, like, we're not ruled by someone who makes decisions. So, like, sometimes... You should see could, if there's a class called be, the successes of the court system. I mean, like... I, and, like, um, you should take everything at the greatest thought. I feel like not everything's a clear success and a clear failure. Right. But I think people put a lot, a lot of pressure on exploiting the failures that they don't necessarily, like, champion or acknowledge the success. And I think if you spend all day writing about, like, 
even philosophy, like, how immoral people are, you forget that, like, the other side of that is, like, there are moral choices that people make and that people follow. No, I totally understand. What's another... Like, there are... Like, I, I literally, I feel like I could name a subject that I'm studying, and I do feel like... And I think part of it is, and I hope that what it is, is, like, I'm in university. They want to say, like, here's how... The political system, like, has some issues and could be better. Go out and make it better. Like, that's how I try to take it versus just saying, well, like, you thought this was great. It's not. LOL. Like, I don't think that's true. And I do still think that, like, people can hold on to, like, what they do believe is good. Right. No, it does make sense. I, um, I have a, one of my core values that, like, I've written down and I only have a few, like I have seven and one of them is stop complaining and do something about it. Yeah. But I also think, do you get what I'm saying on the other side of like, I think if we take things for granted, it's hard to know that they're going to persist as good and maybe they will. And that's part of why we take them for granted. But I think that like, yeah, no. And I think there's room for people in America to like criticize and like, and this goes back to the whole Patriot thing. It's like, there's totally room to say, like, here's what's not done well. and Here's what needs help. And here's where people are hurting. But I think that, like, there also has to be room No, and I to be think... optimistic, like you're saying. Yeah. And, I, no, I totally agree. And I think I am, like, a super optimistic mm-hmm. person. I, I believe the future is going to be great. But I know that I'm, that's not going to happen unless I do something about it. Right. Um, and I'm not saying it's, like, all on me. Right. It's all on everybody. But. My point is everybody should, like, take that as a, hey, like, let's make it better, right? Not as a... But see, that to me even sounds pessimistic about the present. It's not pessimistic about the present. It's that the future can be better. Like, I, I know... Okay. I'm, yeah. You're looking no, at I it see as your pessimistic. Like, it's, it, it's really clear to me. It's like, yeah, the, and I agree with you, but it's... Have you ever, like, when you lose a game, it, it sucks, right? Yeah. It really sucks. But when you win a game, it's like, oh, I won, right? Do you see my no, point? No, it feels. I think no. Actually, I don't. I'm okay, gonna push okay, back on okay. That. I would back. rather play a game and lose than not play a game. First of all, unless it's Monopoly, in which case I just don't even want to play. But like any other game or activity, I would rather play and enjoy playing and lose. And I think how That's it feels to saying. win feels better than it feels to than how bad. Okay, it feels that is to what lose. I'm saying. So you I think enjoy it feels... winning more than I hate. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. You are weird because most people, it's the opposite. I think that's Almost just being it... competitive. I'm competitive too. Do you think I'm competitive? Does it really hurt that badly to lose? I mean, it doesn't like knock myself. It's a game. But when you win, you're like, mm, look, I did so well. Psychologists so have tested like... this. It hurts. Like it, it sucks more to lose than it is like that, that it feels good to win. This is but like normally, a common occurrence. No. Now, that's why I say you're weird because you're the opposite. <laughs> um, that, that's not a bad thing. In fact, yeah. I'd say that's a good thing because it Walking. you want to win more. Yes. Yeah, I'm grabbing stuff from the laundry and putting my dress. Okay, cool. Okay, we Sorry, should wrap up coffee? soon. But let me finish anyway, this point. Let me finish take this point. That, that's my advice for people to go into their week. Enjoy your wins more then you hate your losses. I, I, I agree with that statement. And the reason I agree with it is because most people hate failure more than they like success, more than they enjoy success. They feel worse 
they feel stronger emotions through failure than they th- do through success. And maybe that's not you, in which case I'm like, congratulations, I wish I was you. But I can think of so many examples. Okay, when okay, I get an A, I, how I, good I, it feels to get an A versus Del, how bad I, it feels I to totally get a C. I totally agree with you. I'm not saying you don't feel that way. I'm saying you are the minority in this regard. Most people, it's the opposite. And because most people is the opposite, like the news does shows bad things, not good things. Everybody looks with a huge lens at the negatives mm. because they get more emotional resonance, right? It's the same reason why your teachers are probably going over like the failings, right? Instead of the successes. I think you can learn from both. I think it's way more complicated than that. I think the truth is way more in between in a lot of cases, right? And yeah. is counterbalanced by multiple facets, not just a few. Um, But because you get more emotional resonance and with the failures and with like negatives, that's what a lot of people focus on in a lot of ways. If we're saying it's not a win or a loss, it's in between. Like take, okay, I'm going to take philosophy. Like take are people good or bad? Okay, I think it's somewhere in between. Would I rather dwell on the fact that, oh my God, some people are bad. Some people make choices that are not moral and it makes me mad. Or would I rather focus on the fact that like, there are a lot of people in my life who I feel like make very yeah, moral choices I think people, and like I, do I their think, best to be like good people. People would rather dwell on the positive. The problem is you get, there's more emotional resonance. That's my argument, right? Um, on the negative. There's more, it, it, it hurts more to lose than it feels good to win. And I'm, 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 and, you're so lucky. I wish, like, this is true with me for games and for a lot of things. And, and, maybe, that's, think, and I'm no, pretty competitive. maybe that's part, maybe that's part of the go-getter atmosphere. Like, I had a professor who tried to, like, knock down everyone's ambition in our class, pretty much, with the idea that, like, it might, like, what you're working towards might not be that great when you get there. And she was like, why, where, that? and, like, it made me so mad because I was like, no, like, I will be ambitious to be great but i think the reality is what if, if you isn't? say like okay winning doesn't feel as good as losing sucks well then you still avoided the losing which you're saying is emotionally like worse yeah no, does that make sense yeah the, the, like the if you end up in the middle if you end up with a b you're ending up in the okay that's, maybe that's it's in not the middle good or bad okay, let's say you get a d that's what right? i'm saying that's if it's gonna, in the middle if you get a d on a test that's gonna motivate you a lot more to get an a then I'd say getting an A on a test is. And maybe that's not true for you, in which case yeah, I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> but like, that makes you more likely maybe to get an A? I don't know, but yeah. You see so, my but point I think though? That's what I'm saying. Fear of the D can push you to a B. Yeah. Like if we're saying like there is just this in-between that's usually like ignored, then I think it's really important to say like, hey, for this in-between you should feel really good about yourself when you're in the in-between because you avoided this really hard loss that is going right. to make you feel bad. They're, they're, it's a carrot and stick. They're both useful. They both work to motivate like, I don't human think behavior. The American political system is all good or all bad. But like, I want to take it, if it's somewhere in the middle, Like, I want to be grateful for what's good and I want to work to fix what's bad. Yeah. I'm not just going to be like, it's terrible, parts of it are bad. Yeah, you I, know what I mean? I, I, like, it sounds like we're arguing. Crazy. We're not. I'm just saying that I know. you are... We agree. You are like, <laughs> the psychologists have tested it and it's like it's categorically like most and people I am wrong most you're not wrong i'm just saying you're in the minority there's wrong. a difference <laughs> on average most people like they take the negative a lot stronger than they I'm emotionally give, than they take the positive think, 
And do you think mom you know enjoys me? winning more than she hates losing? I think she enjoys winning more. Well, then you're like, I mom. think she's. I don't think it's a function you of think competitiveness. So? I do not think it's a function of competitiveness because, like, lots of people are competitive. Like, she gets bummed when she like loses a game, but I think the amount she, of good she feels when she wins oh, is I, more I, than that. Like, can't you see that? I, like, I can't. Down the sh- I can see it, but I'm not. Del, the problem is, like, I'm you and saying. her is not statistically significant. I'm just saying it's possible. You, People you, can have hope. It, People it's can not even... to work to be like me. No, I'm teasing. Okay, let's finish up. Hurry, 30 okay, seconds. I gotta go. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, <sighs> uh, no, I can do 30 seconds. You go. Um, okay, so today we talked about... Um, we started by talking a little bit about Amazon and some things I forgot, and then we really talked about what our generation cares about. <laughs> And went through lots of different aspects of that. Okay, your turn. Yeah, I think the three... Let me see if I can summarize what we actually said our generation does care about. I think, like, climate change, I think technology is, like, a huge Mm -hmm. factor, whether or not, wherever you put it. um, We talked about whether or not, like, we're getting more optimistic and go-getter or less optimistic and go-getter. How we personally kind of stand on that. I think it's really hard to, like, put a thermometer to society. No, it totally is. Yeah, and it was pretty Um, clear how I felt, too, so. And, like, we talked about connectedness and, like, I think there are so many good things, but also how, like, we really encourage the benefits of, like, face-to-face or, like, on the phone with people you really love and care about. And that, like, will fulfill you in ways that are, like, really nice. And then we ended on the, like, positive and negative, like, winning and losing, like, Mm -hmm. how much they influence human behavior. And Del and I seem to be opposites on that. And I'm pretty sure the stats back up that most people are um like yeah anyway, you know what i said I wait said can i ask times. one question yes. i really have to go but this is one question you can just answer yes or no are you motivated by positive or negative reinforcement like internally like not oh what do our like what do you internally do you internally push yourself through positive or negative reinforcement that's not a yes or no question um you can say i yeah. don't know i think it's really um, hard to know <laughs> I, I i don't know i need to think about that more but in my personal belief in others is that you should motivate people through positive and not negative uh, influences as a I leader. Like that too. Um, I'm not so it should I, therefore I, I, apply I, I to think yourself. You can do both, right? <laughs> but I believe that the positive trumps the negative emotion every time, taking a line from one of my favorite movies. <sighs> I agree. All right. Cool. Good talking to you. Good. I gotta run. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.